0: This is interesting. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> Janelle, I don't know if it's working.
0: I think it. I think it is. The time is going. Okay. Um. So. Uh. I guess, we can, oh.
1: <laughs> Whoever may be watching, this is, I think, your first time doing How do this, we right? know? So just let us know if it is working, <laughs> if you're hearing us.
0: Okay, feel free to say hi if you're here. Um, all right, so, uh, welcome to Question and mamsers. Questions and mamsers. Um, it's uh time for us to kind of get together, talk about whatever you want to talk about. Um, hey, Kim's here. Whatever you all want to talk about in terms of queer stuff, trans stuff, uh, faith stuff, any of those intersections that we have going on, and also, of course, what's recent in our current political climate um Jerem is joining me Jerim is um somebody that I've been going to actions with and so um we've been in close quarters and we're actually quarantining
1: together today I thought <laughs> I would come over for lunch
0: <laughs> so um I think today we were going to talk a little bit about Tony McDade and how um i guess what that means for the lgbtq community in general what it means for us as asian americans and what it means for us as people who are in solidarity and uh uplifting uh black lives matter black power black liberation black resistance um i'm not sure if folks really know the story of tony mcdade um but briefly tony mcdade is a black trans man that was shot by uh, police in Tallahassee Florida Uh, they accused him of having of being armed uh, with a weapon and also um, being accused being accused as part of a stabbing and so um, yeah it's 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 a story that's not getting as much traction as much attention As other stories uh, during this time, um, we know that black trans folks have been uh, murdered, have been abused, have been uh, harassed and discriminated against for a long time. The trans community in general, more so uh, the black trans community. And so I wanted to kind of give us an opportunity to talk about that, to talk about um, him, to talk about Tony McDade, to talk about what it means, as I said, for us. Um, I also want to let you all know that if you want to leave comments um, as part of our conversation here, that's probably where you're going to put the questions to our MAMSers. And then um, if you want to confidentially... um, send in questions you can dm me or dm at pine and um throughout the week if you have other questions as well um yeah i'll we'll pick them up here and we'll talk about them here for next week who knows where i'll be next week maybe i'll hit up another person that i have been in close quarters with because of these actions Anyway, Jeremy, you have anything to say? Nope, sounds good. Okay, so I'm the pastor at Pine United Methodist Church. Um, I'm the pastor at Pine United Methodist Church. It's the first Asian Pacific Islander or Asian American church to proclaim itself as uh, open and affirming to LGBTQ people. Um, in the Methodist Church, we call that reconciling. So Pine is a reconciling church. Um, they became reconciling in the early '90s, like around '93, '94, um, in response to the AIDS epidemic. Uh, we had some church members who were involved in healthcare at that time, and were noticing how, um, I guess, folks with AIDS were being were being. Uh, ostracized by communities, um disowned by families, um all that all that kind of stuff. And so we at Pine wanted to be in solidarity, and so that's how we became reconciling. And it was a process, definitely. There were some folks who weren't into it. There were folks who were supportive from the get-go. And there were also uh LGBTQ folks in Pine's congregation at that time. And I can only imagine how both difficult and probably uh, uplifting that process can be. I've been around churches that have been in the beginning stages of becoming reconciling like they had voted on becoming reconciling and then the process from then on like what happens next and it's been a weird experience for me um, being in those spaces because it's easy to become tokenized. (laughs) It's an interesting thing of, of of wanting to lift up the voices of folks who are marginalized, of folks whose uh, voices are not usually in the center. Um, at the same time, it is it is a lot of emotional burden. It's a lot of <laughs> mental um, oh, yeah. work to constantly have to advocate for, for yourself and constantly having to uh, course correct. Um, yeah have you had experience with uh, with even accepting churches being like struggling through that
1: um for me we're specifically talking about like queer trans community right mm-hmm. you know I, I grew up in a more conservative or definitely a conservative evangelical church um, for the most part, I don't think I stepped foot, I definitely did not step foot into a fully affirming church, or let alone a reconciling um, church, um, until I actually came out to California. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and then at that point, I think, at that point, I think I was just burned out by church and also burned by church from various levels. So I wasn't like, um, as a, like I didn't see all their inner workings as a member, so I don't know about uh, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I actually I'm glad that I wasn't part of that mess. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think what, where race can come into this conversation is that a lot of churches that claim to be reconciling, open and affirming to LGBTQ people Um, are not necessarily the friendliest in terms of race and in terms of culture, in terms of being able to um, be inclusive of uh, queer folks who are also people of color and uh, people that hold different, you know, identities within their whole selves. I know for myself, um, I specifically looked for a POC or Asian American church that was reconciling because I knew that I would run into that And I knew I would run into that because when I went to seminary, um, there was a lot of white folks in the seminary. A lot of them were focusing on LGBTQ theology, queer theology, uh, feminist theology, all that kind of stuff. But in terms of the classroom, they would take up the most space. I would never feel understood except by Mm. POC professors. Mm. (laughs) And, um, Sometimes I would say something in class and then the white person would say pretty much the same thing and then it would be heard by the whole class. I don't understand what that is and so because of those dynamics, I just needed a church that would at least understand what it is to not be white. (laughs) Um, Mm.
1: Can I I ask a quick thing? Mm. So I'm totally eating lunch, like I said, um, but also I don't know how much this mic picks up if y'all feel like i'm chewing too loud or i should just stop chewing just comment cuz i won't know until you say something that was it sorry no that's fine again
0: <laughs> again if you have uh, other que- if you have questions or um and you want to be anonymous then you can dm me or dm the what pine i think pine and then um but yeah we are looking at the comments this is our first time using facebook live for both of us, so I don't know what's happening.
1: No, it's it's working. <laughs> is it working? Yeah. Oh, okay. it's fine. Yeah, I think um, being in spaces that don't understand that like struggle is in fact inst- uh, intersectional, like, and that to recognize all of those intersectionalities is to is the way to be truly affirming you know right like and i'm saying be affirming like beyond trans queer affirming like affirming of poc identities affirming of um diverse um um you know uh needs um abilities all of that like it's it's just hard because you're then if not you're then in a space where you just have to constantly fight and argue about um about like I am in pain I need you to see me and then like you have to constantly validate that <laughs> And it's just it's it's frustrating I mean especially like these last few days right y'all it's it's hard yeah
0: so when we think about these intersections of being a person of color I know that we're Asian American I'm Filipino American um, so um what was i gonna say (laughs) we know that being people of color there's already a layer of um othering that happens because our dominant society is white and white supremacist right and then there's um a layer of othering a layer of oppression because of being lgbtq plus in a patriarchal and hetero what do you call it hetero cis hetero normative Society. <laughs> so those two things together um can be a lot for a person. Right,
1: and right not to mention all the other things as neurotypical, right, ableist society, um, right. And I realized um by the way my name is Jarem. <laughs> I don't think I, I, I you didn't say it I myself. said it. Yeah, my name is Jarem. Yeah. Um, I'm second gen Korean American. I identify as queer cis femme um right now in my life um i grew up um like i said in a conservative um christian uh space my dad was a pastor i have the baggage from that um and just i've gone through a lot of stuff in my life a lot of soul searching a lot of community searching a lot of desperation where i'm at a place where um i I'm I'm pretty chill and pretty chill and self-accepting maybe like I'm pretty settled in like it's okay to be queer it's okay to be Christian it's okay to be femme and that to be in flux um yeah and you know um I don't regularly get to attend Pine but Pine is one of those few churches where I'm like oh shoot like can i say shoot it's a church production yes okay oh shoot like okay i'm pretty sure shoots in the bible (laughs) if if there's like there's people out there who's been living this right like so that gives me like very tangible um encouragement like okay i am i'm still loved i'm still legit i'm still valid so thanks to pine and the community there yeah and i I promise i wasn't paid to say that
0: <laughs> yeah thank you
1: mm-hmm.
0: so I was saying as <laughs> queer people as people of color we do have these intersections that make us that that cause our experience of navigating mainstream society uh, a different experience and sometimes a complex and really complicated experience right and i think that for many of us who are not in the place where jerim is who are not in the place where i am Uh, where we've come to a point of just kind of being um, I I guess not having as many questions in the forefront um, about who we are. Uh, We know that other folks have those have those questions and we want to be able to journey with folks that have those questions and we want to be able to be community with folks who um, just need uh, I don't know people to be with because right. it only, wasn't
1: right like i think for you and definitely for me it wasn't always the case it was not always it was the case. because i i found by the you know luck of a draw or whatever saying is like i was able to find people somehow like i didn't even know queer theology like queering is like a thing i didn't even actually you know i didn't even know the word queer like that's that's sort of the community and the 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 space that i grew up in mm. and was raised and theology that i was raised in like there was only an oops am i talking too much because i don't have a topic <laughs> but i was finished finish this point but like basically i didn't know so many things um i almost feel like it's just luck which is frustrating right luck that i was able to find people who very openly said these things right and i just happened to be in a place where i can um um search them out you know um uh ex- i don't know if accept is the right word but just mm. connect with those things mm mm-hmm. right um i think for
0: myself even being in being previously being um in a congregation where folks were accepting like there would be times when we'd have reconciling sunday or reconciling month and then someone would bring their white friend who would kind of get mad at me for calling myself queer and the the racism that's involved in that just was never recognized
1: why why they why were they
0: because they they were like it's don't really... use that word queer it's a derogatory term i was beaten up you you oh, know with that term yelled at me la, 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 la. yeah it, i mean he wasn't that much older i mean um, i could, you could say he's from a different generation however that triggered a lot of stuff in me hmm. because how often are people of color named by white people historically um i like to be able to self-identify and call myself what i want to call myself and align with who i want to align with especially politically especially in terms of community so even within the queer community there's a lot of racism there um that happens in microaggressions and can also manifest in other ways as well right so um that that really that that really bothers me that that we do experience in the queer community there's white supremacy there as well. And what does that mean for us as people of color, queer people of color? I think, especially for Asian Americans, I think we need to stop seeing ourselves as other and as co-conspirators with other people of color that are fighting against white supremacy because we experience white supremacy. You know, we don't experience it the same way as black folks. We don't experience it the same way as Latinx folks, but we still experience it and we still need to unite against it.
1: And I would imagine like East Asians, right, like me, we don't experience it the same way as y'all folk, Yes, y'all Asians.
0: Yeah, it's a very different experience. Um, I get annoyed at the statistics that say like, this is Asian American because it. It doesn't reflect my reality <laughs> most of the time and most of my community and what I grew up with um, yeah anyway so within the Asian American community you have a lot of diversity you have a lot of differences and experiences you also have a lot of differences in how people identify and in how people align yeah. right uh, align with one another like politically and as community yeah. and I think that um, it's okay we can still unite in the midst of our diversity, right? We could still unite in the midst of all of the all of that difference. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think it's important that we remember the enemy. There are things that we might replicate and perpetuate because we we're raised in a society uh, where we have to navigate white supremacy, where we have to navigate capitalism, where we have to navigate all of these things, right? And so because of that we perpetuate some of these oppressive things. But we ourselves, we are not the enemy. Systemically, Mm -hmm. the enemy are these systems, right? The things that create homophobia, the things that create transphobia, the things that make it hard for trans people and people of color and trans people of color to have their basic needs met, to have living wages, to have food, to have shelter, to have healthcare, um, and to just be safe, to be able to um Walk in the streets and be able to exist, right? Without
1: that fear. <laughs> there's, there's applause emojis <laughs> in the comments. <laughs> I always want to do this. Can I? Can I read people's names and say hi? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, so. So
0: that's what, I mean you can if you want.
1: I want to say I'm gonna use my platform and say hi, Jisoo Brianna, Kim, whoever else hasn't commented. Sorry. Thank you. Comment if you want your name to be on this (laughs) live.
0: So in regards to, in regards to Tony McDade and standing up for him, we have to recognize that some news outlets, uh, uh, when the news first came out, were misgendering him, right? Mm -hmm. Um, despite his name being Tony McDade, despite like how he self-identified there's that misgendering in the news like even after someone passes away can we give them the the dignity right that that they deserve that they deserve in life and also um that they deserve when we talk about them Mm -hmm. right
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um he was experiencing mental health he's someone who was previously incarcerated Uh, For a 10-year sentence was released was trying was transitioning back into life outside of prison Um, Had posted on his social media about like the harassment the threats the violence that he that he experienced being in You know being in the world. I can only imagine, you know Florida being trans and a person of color in Florida. I mean just that that really I feel like that that's Difficult. I am here in the Bay Area, very close to San Francisco. I'm not saying that that kind of stuff doesn't happen, um, but less so um, than it might in Florida. And so um, Tony was without mental health resources. Um, Tony was without the support that he needed transitioning from life in prison to life outside of prison. Mm -hmm. And also, Tony was not protected by the people who were abusing and the people who were threatening him and making him feel like he had to uh, respond in those ways. There are a lot of layers to Tony's story and I only know what I know through reading articles about him. Um, Yeah.
1: I I mean, I I just feel like my response is if there is a response to this space right now is just it's Pride Month Happy Pride, y'all Um, With everything that's happening for me personally it's just I am just really taking this time to really reflect on um all all ways of resistance all the struggles for resistance may it be the queer resistance right trans sex worker led resistance right um um resistance in i my my folks are from my ancestral land is korea um the resistance where we had um against the military there, um, a very um, militarized um, uh, government there oppressing our f- um, farmers and our students and, and our calls for um, justice, and even mili- uh, military accountability, all of that, Kwangju uprising if you want to look it up. I'm just tying all of these things together and I'm just like, oh my god, like, I'm almost kind of, I think... In a weird way, grateful that I'm queer. Like I, I'm just mm-hmm. I'm, I. think I'm kind of reflecting on the beauty of queerness because we. I'm. I feel like I'm almost just further tapped into like. Like, all these other struggles. If that makes
0: mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm.
1: Because all of this, at the very basic level, other than the pol- politics or the political history and all of them, is like, we are all, um, resisting against people and systems saying that you are not worthy enough to live into your fullness, right? Mm -hmm. Fullness is a church word, right? (laughs) Since we're in church today, I guess. But we are not allowed to be living into our fullness. We are not recognized for it, like it is not right. But we're saying no, like no, we're resisting against that. So that was a bit of a mouthful, but I'm just, yeah. I've just been reflecting on that since the start of uh, Pride Month. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, and and Tony's, Tony's doing that, too. Like, you know? Like, he's just trying to live. Yeah. Yeah, fair. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. Um, I would be interested in, in his life pre-prison, and I guess I would like to know more about his life. <laughs> um, I think what... I I resonate with you in the sense of like I really like being queer because because it causes me to ask certain questions that I know I would not ask of myself um, or be reflective about self reflective about if I were not queer Um, and if I were not uh, non-binary trans I would also have other questions that I would not talk about like things that I would take for granted it sucks that I have to self-reflect because most of the time it's like oppressive situations and Mm. microaggressions that make me have to reflect like why don't I fit in this place is that what that person said to me or how that person treated me is it because of because I'm a person of color because I'm not a cis dude is it because you know I present whatever that means as queer is it you know like there's so many layers around this thing Except for that one time when I was in Berkeley and someone drove by me, and my friends, and called us chink. I knew exactly what that was about. It's these microaggressions that I don't know what they're about. And those are the things that make me have to like really look within. I think the valuable thing also of being queer and and um, not fitting into the, the norm of society or dominant society is that we get to unite with those who also don't fit in dominant society we get to see our similarities and not in a sense where we're saying we're equating things and not in a sense where we're overshadowing other people's struggles it's it's um we're we're finding commonalities in a way that will unite us in a way that will strengthen our movements in a way that builds solidarity um in a way that that compels us towards action so um I hope that, that we, especially we as Asian Americans, who I, I, I view, I view East Asian Americans as doing a lot of like, I will, I, I will never experience this, I will never do that, yes, our experiences are different, but historically, we have also had some experiences that are like that. Um, and people in our um, homeland, I, I call the Philippines my homeland, people in the homeland are experiencing those same things. Um, right now we are lifting up the voices of black folk right now today specifically we want to raise up the voices the 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 people who are folks who are black and folks who are trans right um at the same time that doesn't mean that we shouldn't spend time making these kind of connections that's vital for us Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, and that's vital for us in being able to talk with people who still need to get on board that's vital for us in being able to talk with our families, our relatives, to be able to make these connections, you
1: know. Um, yeah. Hmm. wonder if folks have any questions or like things that y'all are reflecting on.
0: Yeah. Oh, you can <sighs> have questions throughout this entire thing. It's totally fine. It's not interrupting. Yeah. I think we're just talking because we don't have questions yet. Okay. Are you gonna say something? You can. (laughs)
1: Excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) Can y'all comment if you just heard if you just heard that Chanel's burp? (laughs) That'd be funny. I'm curious if the mic picked that up. (laughs) Yeah. Oh gosh. It's, It's. I feel like it's just been like everybody. It's just extra tough yeah it's just it's been an extra reflective time and i hope to god all the gods that um this time it it we were able to we as in whoever wants to do hard work like we're able to lean into each other like really mm-hmm. strengthen community ties community and all the diversity and all of the vast differences <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey Joshua, Joshua said it was her. I hope somebody um <laughs> takes that or video, whatever. Well, this is. I know it's videos. It's so we should already... make a meme. Oh, um, it oh, might okay. make a gif out of it. All right. <laughs> um, but yeah, hopefully we can all use this season to really tie all of our individual struggles and our forms of resistance to other ones, because we need. The empire is is real and it's so strategic and it's so in control of so many resources like we need to be united we need a united front and we need to be able to show up for each other
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah
0: holistically in all Holistic. ways right not mm-hmm. just like um we we like to go out because I, I know Durham, we like to go into the streets and, and you know, protest, be present, like be there with our presence, right? But that's not the only way that folks can show up. Folks can show up through where they put their income. Folks can show up where they put their emotional care. Folks can show up in, um, in many different ways. And I think that's up to us as allies for many people and as people who experience um, oppression as well and who experience um, all of these systemic things that we can learn from each other and look these things up. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. What time are you going to end this? Like
0: It's been 30 minutes, so I think I'm going to close our time together. Yeah. We will meet again next oh, week.
1: That's actually a really nice closing. Can we do that?
0: Where do you all find relief and care for yourselves? Oh, That's boy.
1: a question from Josh. Um, also... Because I, I want to say hi to Ken, Pearl. I feel like a lot of um, loved ones from Janelle and I's shared community of progressive Asian American Christians are here on this feed. Do you go to feed? Live stream session? Yeah. But it's really nice to um, know that y'all are here just in this brief um, community, in this crazy ass town. Oh, sorry. Do you want to answer that?
0: You can go first.
1: Where do I find relief and care? I wasn't able to for a while, for especially the last week and a half, two weeks. Mm. But that's been, like, ongoing. Um, I think it came... Um, let's see so another friend of ours right um, we attended a protest together um, and then because we're there like it's just uh, we would we were quarantining together yeah so um that friend also like we all slept over at Janelle's place um, like and that friend and I we went we slept yeah we slept and we both happened to wake up early because right anxiety is real and our busy minds during this time is very real we woke up super early so then we went to the beach and then we ended up having um donuts and pastries on the beach oh. and we were just in silence and that i think was the first time in a long while that i was able to find some kind of relief and care but the interesting is the interesting thing is that like it wasn't planned and also it was kind of forced meaning i was exhausted that i literally i couldn't walk the beach you know what i mean like i had to just sit and uh, and i was too tired to talk so i was just staring at the ocean yeah that's an awful but that's that's where i saw it yeah
0: i think um, the intersection between self-care and collective care is is very powerful um, i do find going out to these actions and stuff as A form of care as a form of relief just knowing that we're all together fighting for the same thing and that we all have each other's backs you know um, I don't I'm not confident of that in in everyday life right Mm. but but in those moments I'm reminded that yes um, we do have each other's backs and so that is a time of care Uh, as for me for myself um, I was trying to establish a really good self-care routine and I was actually doing it for a little bit it, while shelter in place, but then um, the reason why you do self care when times are good is so that it's it you can reach out to them as part of your habit mm. when times are not as when times are a little bit harder, mm. right? Um, but I think it has not been as in, in as much as my in my routine as much as I would like. Mm. My ongoing means of care is um, I, I commit to drinking water, like the equivalent of two glasses of water, the first thing in the morning. Like, I don't eat anything until I do that, and that does change my mood, and it also makes my stomach feel a lot better before I eat. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that I do for self-care. It sounds really simple. It is really simple, <laughs> but it's something, you know, it's something to take care of your body. I, I love showers. Um, I get a lot of ideas. I get more clarity when I'm in the shower. I think it's because I can't hear Anything, and I can hear my thoughts in a different way—not like obsessing and anxiety—but I can hear my thoughts um, as I'm doing the, as I'm, you know, in the shower. And then I have my cat, who I love very much, and who gives me care just by existing, you know.
1: Shout out to Rumi. Recently celebrated
0: 15th birthday. He's 15 years old. I've been with him for 15 years. So um maybe we could think a bit a little bit more about that like relief care what does that look Mm. like for queer communities is there anything uh, unique or special are there special ways that we could bring um, care to our communities given who we are and what we can offer one another so let's do that next week
1: yeah yeah and you said that your DMS are open Yep. slide into Janelle's DMS hey minor
0: pines slide into the church's dms oh yeah. and then um do <laughs> all the difficult questions the, yeah for real um i want i like i like to be able to read them and also like think about them yeah. like uh,
1: existential ones like what is god okay
0: <laughs> yes and no you could bring those in all right so i think we're going to log off now i'm probably gonna ask someone else we've quarantined with to be with us next week or to be with me next week so um yeah thanks for joining us this time and take care of yourselves and be safe out there if you do go to actions um all right bye oh